Welcome to Are You Quizzing Me? I'm Manit Nair with my co-host Aditya Kashyap. This is a quizzing trivia podcast show. Join us as we dive deep into history, science, sport, pop culture and so much more. Let's get quizzing. And we're back for episode number 28 of Are You Quizzing Me? Let's start off today's episode with the audience question, which we will be answering at the end of the episode. Ek Ruka Hua Faisla, a pending decision, is an Indian Hindi language thriller film released in 1986, directed by Basu Chatterjee. With a small cast of 13, including Pankaj Kapoor and Anu Kapoor, this movie was an unofficial remake of which 1957 film? Let me repeat that. Ek Ruka Hua Faisla, which means a pending decision, is an Indian Hindi language thriller film released in 1986, directed by Basu Chatterjee. With a small cast of 13, including Pankaj Kapoor and Annu Kapoor, this movie was an unofficial remake of a 1957 film. Which film? We'll be answering this at the end of the episode. And before we get to the meat of this episode, we have to get through the gristle. That is Aditya's question from last week. So Aditya. It was a simple question. I asked which song would be very inappropriate if used as the national anthem of our country. If perchance we had to think of a new national anthem, even though we have a pretty great one. And the answer is quite simple. I don't even know why I asked this question. It is a very straightforward answer. It would just be the British national anthem. That would be a pretty terrible national anthem for Indians to have adopted when we gained independence from them. That was my two cents on uh, Indian independence and political rhetoric. Let's uh, move right past that. And for the audience, I believe the uh, words you're looking for are... Anyway, uh, let's move on to the next question. (laughs) Okay, Aditya, I invite you to start off the proceedings. Hit us with a question, please. All right. So my question is very simple. It's from the world of pop culture. And the question is... Which character today famously, which fictional character today famously has an attribute that was due to a printing error when this character was first designed? Okay, I'm going to guess something because you said printing error. I'm not sure of this, but I I remember a piece of trivia about the Incredible Hulk being green or gray because of the color and the printing or something to do with that. We start off simple and you hit it right off the park. It's, it's, I can't, I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, so very quickly, uh, Stan Lee had chosen the color gray for Hulk. And uh, he, the reason he chose it was because he did not want to suggest any particular ethnic group for this character. He wanted it to be vague. As it turns out, the colorist, who Stan Goldberg, he faced some issues during the printing. And the printer had some issues in the coloring. So it turned out uh, that Hulk was printed green in its first iteration. Mm. And when Stanley saw that, uh, he thought it was a pretty great choice. So that's where the green Hulk was born. Interestingly enough, there has been actually a gray Hulk also in the Marvel comics, which came up much later and it was made part of the canon. But... uh, the original color was supposed to be gray and was unintentionally made green just because there was some printing issue in the Marvel offices. Yep, that is a pretty great answer, Vineet. So hit me with your question. So I'm not going to stray very far from uh, your own topic. So I'll uh, keep us in the realm of pop culture itself. Right. X is an American adventure comic strip first published in February of 1936. 
It began with a daily newspaper strip on February 17, 1936 and still runs as of 2023. This comic has been published by both DC and Marvel Comics. And while X may have never reached the American icon status of contemporaries like Batman and Superman, in the independent state of Papua New Guinea, X is the most popular superhero by far. And X's influence is felt throughout the culture of Papua New Guinea. Case in point, the war shield is one of the most important weapons or weapons in the uh, Papua New Guinea warrior's arsenal. It's cut from tree trunks and painted with brilliant colors. Post-World War II, X was accepted with open arms by the tribes of Papua New Guinea and soon found its way onto the shields of Papua New Guinea's toughest warriors. What comic strip am I talking about? I would imagine this sounds just like the Phantom. Oh, you got that very quickly. Yes, it is the Phantom. I I don't know why I thought Phantom was an Indian comic for some reason. No, so the Phantom was, uh, it's by King Publications, if I'm not mistaken. King Syndication or King Publications. It started off as a newspaper daily strip. And uh, later on in India... It was, I don't know if it was licensed legally or not, but it was produced by, we we did get comics by Indrajal Comics and uh, Diamond Comics, which produced a lot of these uh, Phantom comic books. Uh, Interestingly enough, limited runs of Phantom comics have also been run by, as I mentioned, both DC and Marvel. And there are, if you go online, you can see there are photographs of multiple Papua New Guinea warriors with the Phantom on their shields. Interesting. Yes, and you got that very quickly. I think uh, the consensus, uh, you know, opinion from this first two questions is we should stay away from comics. <laughs> <laughs> Personally, we should in our lives not read as many comics and not spend so much time reading comics. But clearly, we got those very quickly. <laughs> okay. Yes, I do. I, I do enjoy comic books, though. I must say, I'm a big fan. And uh, I, once I was introduced to the concept of graphic novels, I was blown away. Yes, I was just about to suggest that that because both of us are north of 30, we should, uh, you know, now be saying that, you know, we don't read comics, we read graphic novels. Graphic <laughs> novels sound so much more uh, acceptable, and, you know, more literary than just saying comic books. Yeah, comic books are usually accompanied with uh, milkshakes and uh, a graphic novel <laughs> can be had alongside a good scotch, I guess. <laughs> Yes, uh, let, let, let's say that's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me what is common in between these places? Lancashire, Argleton, Bitosu, and Goblu. <laughs> I shouldn't be finding that as funny as it is, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Just the sounds are hilarious, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so Lancashire, uh, what are the others? Argleton? Argyleton. I would not bet any money that my pronunciation is right, but I'm hazarding a guess, which is Argleton okay. and uh, Bitosu and Go Blue. Okay, I have no clue. Um, I'm guessing that Lancashire and Argleton are in the UK. Brilliant. You are absolutely right on that front. Okay, but... Uh, I've never heard of, or I can't even hazard a guess as to what the other two places are. They're actually in the US. And they're called what? Again, please repeat. 
you know how about i spell it out for you <laughs> just to make sure that i'm not butchering the pronunciation so okay. bitosu is bitosu is spelled b e a t o s u and goblu is spelled g o b l u goblu g o b l u mm-hmm. uh i know that argyle has something no i mean uh, i remember the term argyle being associated with textiles so is it something like an argyle tartan or some something to do with textiles no 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 you're not you're a bit cold right now yeah i'm guessing it'll be very cold what is lancashire famous for um, my knowledge on british towns aren't as great as i would like it to be is this an exhaustive list or are there more uh, that could be added to it you know what i think i messed up so i'm going to correct myself lancashire is actually not a separate space uh, i meant argleton lancashire so argleton is in lancashire my bad oh, I, oh okay I oh that. okay okay yeah. oh cuz lancashire is a county okay yeah yes i'm going to pretend i knew that is that supposed to mean something the fact that it's in lancashire no i just i misread the text hmm i am drawing a complete blank here so let me give you another example in this list that would be aglo in new york and this was for a short while part of this list and then interestingly enough it wouldn't be considered to have fit the criteria after a while okay so aglo was part of the list but it is no longer yes and aglo is perhaps the most famous example on this list or something that has appeared in a specific movie would i have seen this movie i wouldn't know i honestly would not know it's based <laughs> off of a book okay nope complete blank the thing is most of these examples are wouldn't be super well known but they are meant to okay let's say they will not appear on all maps let's use that as a hint they wouldn't appear on all maps are we talking about government bases uh like top secret government bases it used to be a government base but it's not that's a fantastic guess it fits the bill in terms of the hints i've given so far but unfortunately <laughs> not the answer okay. in this case okay you know what let me just actually tell you where it, what it is and uh, in this okay. scenario perhaps the trivia is more interesting than actually getting the answer because these places are called phantom settlements or what is more popularly known as paper towns paper towns is actually a book by john green as well and a movie based off of the same book in which the main character is trying to find this place called aglo now what are they actually about these are settlements or cities or towns that cartographers put on their map as a copyright trap so somebody else cannot just oh. rip off their work because then they could claim that hey this was not actually real i just put it on there as a trap and if you so in court how would you prove that what this other person has done is copied my work in this map or this atlas but couldn't somebody just sue the cartographer saying that you misled me by let me think that there's a place like this like i went in search of aglo and i couldn't find it you wasted my time give me 5 million dollars now that's where the fun kicks in because aglo was invented on a 1930s map as a copyright trap somebody went and opened an actual general store in that place and called it aglo general <laughs> store so aglo stopped being a paper town and became a real town and for a brief while i do not believe this town is occupied currently 
but for a brief okay. while aglo aglo was an actual town the others um, are also similarly paper towns and funnily enough beat osu and goblu which are the american okay. uh, examples that i mentioned are two non existent towns in counties in the state of ohio in america and uh, they were inserted in the 78 79 edition of the official state of michigan map the names refer to the slogan of university of michigan fans go blue so that's where go blue comes from okay. and a reference to their arch rivals from ohio state university so beat osu or beat osu is where oh. the other name comes from so beat osu and go blue which is why i, I know that these are tough to get but still just fun little piece of trivia no that's a fantastic piece of trivia i uh, the when you said bitosu and goblu my i mean like forgive my uh, indirect racist uh, thought but i immediately thought it might be something in africa for uh, some reason i don't think that is racist particularly because they do have names which are not characteristically english or familiar to english yeah, speakers but, so yeah <laughs> and, but then as you, when you mentioned that they're in the us I, i i also had this thought that that doesn't help me at all because half the places in the us are named after places in africa and uh, the <laughs> europe and i mean like they were spectacularly unimaginative when they started naming places new york new england new jersey and and some just they just copied directly like memphis like there's an actual memphis in egypt they called it memphis there's a madras in the us i mean come on i i get it you got a new country spend some imagination you know coming up with new names <laughs> honestly even their name of the country is just like a oh we are on a continent and a couple of us want to get together and just unite so how about <laughs> the united states of america <laughs> yeah that that is not the most imaginative of country names okay hmm. that's a great piece of trivia I'll move on to something a little different. So, outside the British Embassy on Washington's Embassy Row, which is this street filled with uh, you know embassies and ambassador residences, there's a statue of Winston Churchill right outside the British Embassy. It's constructed of cast bronze and is slightly larger than life. The statue was installed with one foot in American soil. and the other within the embassy grounds which would technically make it british soil one reason for this was in tribute to his work towards the maintenance of the anglo american alliance what was the other more personal reason this is a shot in the dark but does winston churchill have some family which is american so some ancestor a parent or somebody who's american Yes, a uh, first shot uh, bullseye. Churchill was born to an American mother and a British oh. father. Wow, okay, interesting. Very interesting. Now do you want to hear something actually a little more interesting, but uh, I could not put it here because this is a visual cue. Okay. But there's a very interesting piece of trivia. So this this particular statue that we are talking about of Winston Churchill, as I mentioned, is slightly larger than life. and it's got his uh, traditional v for victory pose many years later after the statue was set up across the road from the british embassy just a slight distance away is the south african embassy so the south african embassy installed a, a statue of nelson mandela and this is a larger than life statue 9 feet tall 
and he has his hand raised up in his in the typical black power salute which is a raised fist and during the inauguration of this particular statue during the unveiling of this particular statue the south african ambassador remarked that rock beats scissors <laughs> oh i love that okay so i was not planning on asking this question but just because you said this i'm going to ask it because it is a lovely piece of trivia speaking of iconic images there is a very iconic image from the olympics of two black men raising their fist hmm. in a black power salute yes i've seen the picture i've seen the picture they are standing on the medal podium uh, two of them with their uh, hands raised both of them wearing gloves only on one hand or something like that lovely yeah so these two gentlemen were tommy smith and john carlos now this is the olympics hmm. in mexico city in 1968 okay. they had just won at the 200 meter race So Tommy Smith and John Carlos both have hands raised in the air. The first position is has his right hand raised and the other guy uh, has his left hand raised. Okay. So the question is why when the black power salute is with the right hand did Carlos uh-huh. who came third why did he raise his left hand instead? <laughs> okay this i don't think this is the answer but i'm just going to say it anyway because i have this piece of uh, i i'm either misremembering the photograph or this is the answer both of them have uh, uh the hands that they raised have gloves on them but they have gloves only on one hand so did they only have one pair of gloves one right and one left <laughs> oh man that was way too quick for you tommy smith and john carlos had decided that this is going to be their protest mo- moment right they're going to they're going to show that they stand for black power and and going to speak out in a non verbal way on the biggest sporting stage uh, about uh, the atrocities against black people in the us so this was their moment of glory except <laughs> poor guy <laughs> he carlos forgot his gloves and did not bring them on <laughs> during the time of the medal ceremony so instead of not doing it or instead of only one person doing it uh <laughs> tommy smith gave him his glove and uh, the three uh, people in fact uh, the third guy peter norman who was australian and uh, who came second it's a silver medalist he also wore a human rights badge in support of these two men all three of them were later held to account for making a political statement in the olympics which is supposed to be famously non political and the olympic committee actually got blow back for that because in a way they were like oh if you are talking about peace these these people are also talking about peace and progress so why would you hold them you know uh, the olympics or- are not non political okay i'm again my memory is a little fuzzy or i'm sleepy but i remember certain countries boycotting the olympics just because other countries are there certain countries not being allowed to uh, you know uh, play to participate in the olympics because of their policies so i don't think it's fair to say that the olympics are non political oh by no <laughs> means of measure can you say the olympics are non political but they do like to pretend that they are not <laughs> so yeah as with many such institutions they'd like to pretend <laughs> makes them feel better oh well if if it helps the ioc sleep better at night sure <laughs> but it is just a very interesting piece of trivia because i love that picture it's such a powerful picture they both don't have their shoes on also i believe to symbolize the poverty of black america and uh, 
it was interesting because when uh, Peter Norman was the one who, by the way, suggested that they use one glove each. And uh, Peter oh, Norman, okay. when he died, Peter Norman, the Australian, when he died, these two gentlemen, the Americans, they were actually um, there at the funeral. And uh, I, I believe they were part of the procession where they, they carry the casket as well. So obviously very, very close and uh, I guess forged a very inseparable bond with this guy. An interesting piece of trivia, except this little <laughs> gaff where this man forgot his gloves. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask a question, which hopefully uh, you will not get very quickly. But I, again, hope springs eternal. According to Greek mythology, X is the son of Apollo and one of the muses and is revered as a god of marriage ceremonies who inspires feasts and songs. At least since the Italian Renaissance, X has always been represented in art as a young man wearing a garland of flowers and holding a burning torch in one hand. X appears as a character in the final scene of William Shakespeare's As You Like It. There is a song alluding to X in the comic opera HMS Pinafore by Gilbert and Sullivan. And X is supposed to attend every wedding. If he did not, the marriage would supposedly prove disastrous. And so the Greeks would run about calling his name aloud. X would be most commonly known today because of the common etymological root shared by X and a part of the female anatomy. Identify X. Let me repeat that because it was a very long question. So I'm going to repeat that for the sake of Aditya, who looks confused as hell, and for the sake of our audience listeners. According to Greek mythology, X is the son of Apollo and one of the muses and is revered as a god of marriage ceremonies who inspires feasts and song. Since the Italian Renaissance, X has been represented in art as a young man wearing a garland of flowers and holding a burning torch in one hand. X appears as a character in the final scene of William Shakespeare's As You Like It. There is a song alluding to X in the comic opera HMS Pinafore by Gilbert and Sullivan. X is supposed to attend every wedding. If he did not, the marriage would supposedly prove disastrous. And so the Greeks would run about calling his name aloud. X would most commonly be known today because of the common etymological root shared by X and a part of the female anatomy. Who's X? Or identify X. Just because you said the female anatomy, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say names which <laughs> sound like they could be fitting that particular bill. Is it uh, the the god, god of Ovarius? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy this. Please go ahead. <laughs> Vulvatrix. No. No. <laughs> okay. You're yeah. in the general region, but uh, uh, you're focusing on the wrong parts of the anatomy. Yeah. I, I think we're just exemplifying, or at least I'm exemplifying the common complaint that women have of how men are completely ignorant of the female anatomy. Let me try. <laughs> uh, this is going to be my third and final guess before I ask for maybe another clue. Vaginus Maximus. <laughs> Not just making him sound like he's a gladiator. <laughs> no, so uh, the fact is that there are not many clues I can give here. Um, I can tell you that St. George's Hanover Square, which is the parish church of Mayfair, 
was once called the London Temple of blank due to the number of weddings there. That does not help me directly, but it does remind me of the fact that you said that this person is the god of marriage ceremonies, I believe. Yes, marriage ceremonies. Like the 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 best part about this is that the fact that if uh, X is supposed to attend every wedding, if he did not, the marriage would prove disastrous, and so to the Greeks would run about calling his name aloud. I am just picturing that and literally laughing, rolling <laughs> on the floor. To be fair, the Greeks did not have a lot of other forms of entertainment. So running around shouting things sounds like <laughs> very valid way of entertaining yourself when there's no Netflix. I am going to guess, and this is going to be based off of myth, I believe is the right word, I guess, that the hymen and how it is uh, important to marriage and being a virgin and all of those kind of archaic beliefs about marriage and women's chastity. So I'm going to say something to do with the hymen. Yes, it is Hymen. The god, the god is called Hymen, and as most people know, that in uh, women and some women, not all women, you have uh, actually all women have the uh, Hymen, which is like a membrane which you can find inside the vagina. Uh, the thing is, uh, it it's supposedly supposed to, as Aditya already mentioned, uh, de- depict virginity, which may not be true. Uh, you can perfectly be a virgin and still have a ruptured Hymen. So the god of uh, marriage ceremonies and who inspires feasts and song is Hymen. So I'm just inviting all of you listening and with due respect and apologies to any Greeks who may be listening to this. And just imagine a number of Greeks running about during a big fat wedding yelling out Hymen! Hymen! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So as I mentioned, St. George's Hanover Square, which is the parish church of Mayfair, Again, if you are fans or, or if you've read a lot of uh, romance novels of the Regency variety of eighteenth century, of 19th century England, this may be very familiar to you. Or if you're a fan of Bridgerton, uh, the parish church of Mayfair is called the London Temple of Hymen due to the number of weddings there. 1816 was a record year with 1,063 weddings, including nine on Christmas Day. Which sounds impressive until you realize that, uh, again, this is a personal point of trivia, the Sri Guruvayur Temple in Kerala, that I got married there. The day I got married, there were 210 odd weddings on a single day. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you got married alongside 210 other couples? No, so so 210 people, uh, 210 couples got married throughout the, throughout the day. So there are multiple kind of mandaps in the temple where t- marriages go simultaneously. It's like a, uh, how do I put this, like a conveyor belt. So you wait, so you and your family wait and then one person, the, there's a couple in front of you go, they get married. It takes 5-10 minutes, they go, then they go pray, then the next person gets on. It, it's like a very efficient system. So when we got married, I think uh, they were telling us that it was a huge number and the extremely busy day. So yeah, there were in in excess of 200. I've heard that that record's been broken subsequently, that even higher number of weddings have happened there. I am just imagining, because recently I went to a visa office to get a visa. I'm just imagining you go in there and there's a ticket machine which prints out a queue number and then there's a light flashing on top of every mandap and there's a voice that says, <laughs> couple number 67, please proceed to mandap number three. And then you have to go there. No, I mean, it, it, is, it is surprisingly similar. You have to book online uh, and they give you a ticket and all those things. And then basically you have to show up with all those things and you get married. Yeah. 
So I'm not. I wasn't even that far. So what? What were the people shouting at your wedding, Vineet? <laughs> what were they running around shouting? <laughs> you were getting married. Nobody could hear anything. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> so this is something I saw, and this is a throwback to one of our wonderful guests who joined us, and a pretty great episode, Sai. And uh, I believe <laughs> this was his wife who posted an anniversary picture of Sai. and uh, bhavna is her name and they're both sitting at the wedding ceremony it was super funny because she's like it's a picture of sai leaning in and i don't know maybe saying something very sweet to her but she posted it on the anniversary and she's like he was probably telling me some random trivia at that point and i was just <laughs> like it is our wedding day man <laughs> it is us of the people who are obsessed with trivia and how we just do not know the right time and place so <laughs> to sharing I, 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 i was too exhausted uh, to you know remember i mean like to say anything i frankly because i i remember being awake from 3 o'clock or 2 o'clock the previous night i didn't get much sleep the previous night because there was a lot of things going on and uh, the wedding itself happened very quickly and there was a fun- function of the temple and then there was function of the hall and then we just went home and i remember crashing that's it <laughs> that's all at home do apologies to my wife who may or may not be listening to this episode but she knows <laughs> she was crashing right next to me <laughs> well i guess all's well that ends well uh, for you and for 210 other couples <laughs> hey, hey right. shakespeare reference <laughs> <laughs> lovely there was a fun question so now that we were speaking of shakespeare and characters and greek gods let us move to something which is probably the exact opposite of that um this particular <laughs> celebrity in hollywood <laughs> so you see why i said the exact opposite of that this hollywood celebrity okay uh, was when she was starting off her own brand was told that the most famous companies in the world have two vowels in their names so she decided to take that advice and named her company with that rule which celebrity and what company am i talking about okay uh, i am going to say that it is gwyneth paltro <laughs> and the company is goop <laughs> Oh boy that was this this episode is proving to be a very very <laughs> easy easy <laughs> breeze for you but uh, let me just tell you specifically i tried to make it hard for you because i said vowels and the, the actually the rule was supposed to be just two o's and i think the example was google and facebook because i can't think of many other examples of famous tech no, companies famous new companies yeah So I'm assuming it was just Google and Facebook, and Gwyneth Paltrow was like, you know what? I'm going to take the two O's and I'm going to just put it in between the my initials, and that's how the name Goop by Gwyneth Paltrow came to be. <laughs> okay, this is a quite this is a form of question where I'll be naming certain actors, a list of actors, which may be an exhaustive list, which may be a non-exhaustive. The one I'm going to ask is going to be a non-exhaustive list, right? And all I need you to tell me is what character. like what is the common character played by all these actors so there is just one character that has been played by all of these actors you have to tell me what character this is fair enough okay so god orson wells christian slater rod taylor michael gambon brian cox gary oldman 
I'm trying to think of popular characters. Gary Oldman has played uh, Commissioner Gordon in Batman. Mm-hmm. So that is my first. But I don't guess. think Orson Welles has Orson Welles has played Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've heard of Orson Welles being associated with the Batman. Michael Gambon, uh, if you may remember or may not remember, was the uh, one of the actors who played Dumbledore. Right. Uh, yeah, I've not even heard of all the actors: Brian Cox, Gary Oldman, Orson Welles, and now this Dumbledore fella. Christian Slater. A... Let's not forget Christian Slater. Ah, Christian Slater. Yes. Okay. But yeah, the other the other one or two you mentioned, I've not heard of them. Hmm. Orson Welles. What character has he played? Orson Welles, Christian Slater, Rod Taylor, Michael Gambon, Brian Cox, and Gary Oldman. Uh, when I say character, let's say I'm I'm talking about somebody they've played on screen. Yeah, I figured. I'm trying to, and I'm assuming it is an adaptation, because an original character being played these many number of times would. I would imagine be unheard of. Uh, as I said, it's somebody they're playing on screen. Let's not say character; they're playing somebody on screen. Oh, interesting. So not a character specifically. Is it this? I do not know of any examples of any of these actors, but maybe is it a supercomputer or AI? No, no, no. These are actual movies. I can even give you the years. I think maybe that maybe that may help. Maybe not. Uh, Orson Welles played uh, this person in 1973, Christian Slater in 2004, Rod Taylor in 2009, Michael Gambon in 2016, Brian Cox and Gary Oldman in 2017. And I have one more clue, if I, if you want, where yes, I'll actually tell you which the name of the actor and the movie. Oh, and that is a clue. Yes, please go for it. That's a clue. Okay. So the name of the actor is Tom Hudson mm-hmm. and the movie is Sardar Udham. Wait, sorry, this uh, the movie and the actor is obviously not the answer for the question, right? No. So Tom Hudson is another somebody else who belongs on this list. Oh, got and it. And he played this person or character on in the 2021 uh, Vicky Kaushal starrer movie Sardar Udham. Interesting. I have not watched that movie, but I know it's a period drama. Mm-hmm. So you know the rough list of characters who may be uh, part of the usual suspects, right? Uh, so I, I would, uh, I remember having a conversation, I think, with you regarding one of these uh, because I would uh, actually ask you to pay attention to the fact that both Brian Cox and Gary Oldman played the same character in two different movies. In 2017. That doesn't quite help me. And a conversation we had months ago, if I remember correctly, you had seen one of them, I had seen the other, but we were both confusing the movies for each other. (laughs) Oh boy. The thing is, Vineet, and this is a sign of our friendship that I talk to you so often that I have no idea which conversation (laughs) you're referring to. (laughs) Um, and also, we both watch a lot of movies. So, again, that doesn't help narrow it down. Yes. I'm going to guess because it's uh, an Indian period film and these are all white actors, at least the ones that I had heard mm-hmm. of. I'm going to try to guess. Mm-hmm. Is it by any chance Winston Churchill? It is Winston Churchill. Ah, okay. <laughs> nice. It is Winston Churchill. So, Orson Welles played Winston Churchill in the 1973 Czech film, The Battle of Sucheska. Christian Slater played Winston Churchill 
a young Winston Churchill in a comedy spoof parody movie called Churchill the Hollywood Years. Uh, Rod Taylor is the one who played Winston Churchill in The Inglorious Bastards. Michael Gambon played it uh, played Churchill in Churchill's Secret. And in 2017, there were two Churchill movies which released, one starring Brian Cox, which was called Churchill, and one starring Gary Oldman, which is called The Darkest Hour. Ah, right, right, right. Yes, we did have this conversation, you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Tom Hudson is this unknown actor. I seriously couldn't find a single credit for him on IMDb, who played uh, Sardar Uthab. Fascinatingly enough, I couldn't find a single picture of this gentleman, apart from a screen grab from the movie itself. <laughs> so all these characters have all these people have played uh, Winston Churchill great okay that's that's fascinating I I have one uh, I think I think I have one that I think you'll crack it's very similar question to this I'm I'm sorry I'm, uh, but I love these kind of questions so I have one more uh, Prithviraj Kapoor N.T. Ramarao Amjad Khan Hrithik Roshan Vikram Gokhale and Nasiruddin Shah what is Hrithik Roshan doing in that list? He does not seem to have the <laughs> the look of the rest of them, at least. Um, yeah. Prithviraj Kapoor. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, Akbar Akbar. Yes, Akbar. it is Akbar. Prithviraj Kapoor played him in Mughal Azam. N.T. Rama Rao played him in Akbar Salim Anarkali. Amjad Khan played him in Meera. Hrithik Roshan in Jodha Akbar, Vikram Gokhale in Akbar Birbal, the 1990s TV show on ZTV, and Nasiruddin Shah in the 2023 uh, OTT series Taj, Divided by Blood. Ah, okay. Well, yes, that's, that's a cool piece and of trivia. And uh, one last one. This is the last one, I promise. I'm <laughs> Just because, again, I love these kind of questions. So this is another list. Roger Moore, you know, James Bond, Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Christopher Plummer. Richard Roxburgh, Will Farrell, Ian McKellen, Michael Caine, Robert Downey Jr., and Christopher Lee. Oh, boy. I feel like uh, at least Robert Downey and I believe Ian McKellen fit the bill for uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yes, it is Sherlock Holmes. Uh. So, <laughs> Roger Moore played Sherlock Holmes in 1976 for Sherlock Holmes in New York. Christopher Plummer played, played him in Silver Blaze in 1977. Richard Roxborough played him in The Hound of the Baskervilles in 20, 2002. Will Farrell played him in Holmes and Watson, a comedic version, in 2018. Ian McKellen played a very aged uh, Sherlock Holmes in Mr. Holmes in 2015. Michael Caine was in Without a Clue from 1988. Robert Downey Jr. famously played, uh, you know, a uh, steampunk version of Sherlock Holmes in uh, Sherlock Holmes and a Game of Shadows in 20, 2009 and 2011. And finally, Christopher Lee starred as Sherlock Holmes in Sherlock Holmes and the Deadly Necklace from 1962. And that is the last of my indulgent questions. Uh, oh, I love them. <laughs> I, I wonder if you could do a list of famous enough actors who have played Gandhi also. Must be a few. Hmm, that would be an interesting list. Yeah. That would be a very yeah. interesting list. I'm sure there are quite a few because there yes. have been so many Indian movies itself. Yeah, we have to come up with a good list. Well, that could be uh, homework for any of our listeners. Please send us a list, <laughs> and we—if you do send, you know what—if you do send us a list, we will read it out in the next episode, and we will thank you for sending us that list if you do. And if not, uh, well, yes. we will uh, <laughs> go back and edit this part of the episode out. <laughs> no, so no, we'll, we'll just wallow in our obscurity, basically. 
come on, Vineet, we just celebrated the fact that we crossed 100 followers on Instagram. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think that that's something particularly to boast about, given the fact that we've been doing this for the better part of a year now. I, hey, 100 is 100. Just, just celebrate the century. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, should we find out what your question is, or do I go for my question first? Yes, the tradition dictates that it is Aditya first who has to regale us with a question and following which I will I will reveal the answer to the audience question. All right, perfect. So my question is based off of the question that you asked, Vineet, and that was about the Greek god. And uh, this is going to be a slightly long form question, so it isn't going to be a very short form answer. It's going to be a couple of sentences yes, of long. Course. And the question, and the question is, what were the other reasons that the Greek people were running around shouting things at weddings in ancient Greece? I'm not talking about any Greek people alive right now. I love Greek people. I have Greek <laughs> friends. So, but ancient Greece, let's just talk about people who have been dead for thousands and thousands of years. Why were they running around shouting? And the answer will be next week. So tune in for that. Yes. And let me just clarify. Yes, he did say Greek friends, not geek friends. We all know that he has a lot of geek friends. You know, my Greek friend is also a geek friend. So he kind of fits the bill. Oh, for so you have got a geek Greek friend. I have a geek Greek friend. I do. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I should try saying that five times quickly. <laughs> okay. So uh, at the beginning of the episode, I had asked an audience question. Ek Ruka Hua Fesla, Pending Decision, is an Indian Hindi language thriller film released in 1986. Directed by Basu Chatterjee, with a small cast of 13, including Pankaj Kapoor and Anu Kapoor, this movie was an unofficial remake of a 1957 film. Which film? Any guesses, Aditya? Before I reveal the I... answer. Okay, I'm just going to guess 1957. Parts of Glory? No. The okay. clue is that there were only 13 cast members. So that should oh, be your biggest okay. clue. So then 12 Angry Men. Yes, it is 12 Angry Men. Uh, yes. So 12 Angry Men uh, was a 1957 movie, which was based off a 1954 teleplay. The film, the original film starred Henry Fonda and was selected as the second best courtroom drama ever after To Kill a Mockingbird by the American Film Institute for their AFI's top 10, uh, 10 top 10 list. It is regarded by many as one of the greatest films ever made. And Ek Ruka Hua Fesla, which means a pending decision, was an unauthorized remake of the same. And that's all for this episode. Thank you all for listening in. We hope you enjoyed the show, learned something new. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing to our podcast and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform, whichever one you're listening on right now. It helps us reach a wider audience and allows more people to discover and enjoy the show. We'd also love to hear from you. Feedback, suggestions, trivia, list of actors who played Gandhi. You can reach us on Instagram at are you quizzing me? We appreciate your support. Look forward to sharing more episodes with you in the future. Thank you for tuning in and have a great day. See you guys next week. And here's the fact check for the episode. The Phantom Comics were created by Lee Falk for King Features Syndicate. Indrajal Comics and Diamond Comics were authorized international publishers of Phantom Comics in India. There have been multiple boycotts and bans of countries at the Olympics 
for political reasons. Some of the examples include South African apartheid, Soviet-Afghan war, and the Suez crisis. The two companies that were instrumental in Goop getting its name were Google and Yahoo, examples of successful young companies with double O's in their name. And that's all for the fact check.